I mean, looking back, how communication systems uh, have changed the world uh, during the last hundred years, I think it becomes apparent that they play a key role in mankind's evolution. And they establish new ways of how we communicate, interact and share information across the planet. One of the things that makes us human is how we share information. Cavemen did this with wall drawings. We've since developed language and writing and ways to transmit messages across oceans and into space. Breakthroughs in communication are fulcrums of human history. And we're just about on the brink of another one. If you're listening to this show, you've probably heard about 5G technology, which is feeding the voracious appetites of consumers and industries. We're just at the start, though. Over the next five years, this technology will evolve to be more powerful and more essential. And when that happens, it will be because of researchers like Stefan Weisman. My name is Stefan Weisman. I'm a research engineer at Bell Labs, Stuttgart. Stefan was born in East Germany. He remembers word of Nokia Bell Labs and their discoveries traveling like myths through the Iron Curtain. The research facility in New Jersey is responsible for some of the biggest technological breakthroughs of the 21st century. Lasers, solar panels, the transistor, you name it. During the studies, you hear once in a while some uh, interesting uh, inventions made there, but it sounds everything far away. Uh, you don't even have an idea whether it still exists. Today, Stefan is part of a team at Nokia Bell Labs that's pushing the boundaries of 5G networks by making them more reliable, faster, and easier to access. The network is, in some ways becomes your sixth sense, I think. Marcus Weldon is a president of Nokia Bell Labs and corporate CTO of Nokia. His team is front and center, working on technology that allows many of us to stay connected and work remotely during this time of crisis. Now, they're trying to push the boundaries of what 5G signals can accomplish, beyond computers and smartphones, into the realm of our very health. And to do that, they're using a technique you might not know about. Making sure that you are well and vital and alive. And I think that's a very nice role for the network going forward is to become your silent partner as you move through the world. From Nokia Bell Labs, this is Future Human a series about the human potential of technology. This episode is entitled Better Signals, Better People. It's funny because for a topic having so much to do with networks, this story starts in a place with very few. The small village Stefan grew up in near Berlin. My father always told the old stories how he and my grandfather, they built radios to listen to the West German radio stations. And yeah, inspired by those stories, I started to read his old radio engineering books. And uh, the more I read, uh, the more it fascinated me. Stefan was 12 at the time, so his first experiment was turning a Sony Walkman into a boombox using parts from an old RC car. He told our producer, Max Wasserman, about it on a video call. Do you remember what some of the music you played on that was after you got it working? Some, some Detroit techno sound. Oh, I, I was pretty much electronic music back at the time. It must have been somehow exciting to me uh, discovering uh, new words, new 
possibilities. But I mean, at that age, uh, I wasn't thinking about what I would do when I'm uh, older. So it's the same as uh, you never mentioned to uh, join Labs. Stefan would later earn a PhD in electrical engineering from the Dresden University of Technology. And now he's at Bell Labs. One of his main projects is trying to make 5G networks more reliable, even as more people start to use them. And to overcome this issue, Stefan and his team are building on an idea that was proposed back in 1987 by a Bell Labs researcher named Jack Winters. It's called MIMO. So MIMO systems, they admit an elegant mathematical description. So I could easily describe a MIMO system with three lines of formulas. That's it. Do you know those off the top of your head? Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I would start with uh, describing this. In the simplest terms, MIMO is a group of antennas that can receive and send multiple signals at the same time on the same frequency. Hence, the acronym MIMO. Multiple in, multiple out. I have... Um, to transmit a signal vector x, it's multiplied by the channel matrix h, I add a noise vector n, and what I receive is then basically a vector of y, which are the receive symbols. So my next I won't go as in-depth as Stefan does uh, in explaining the physics behind MIMO. Just know the technique is a game-changer in the world of wireless technology. It's what enables our Wi-Fi and LTE networks. To understand how it works, picture yourself at a party. Imagine, Imagine uh, two, two persons, persons stand, stand in front, front of you, of you both, both are speaking, speaking at the same, same time. time. And uh, since they arrive at you ears from different directions, your brain becomes able at least to isolate one data stream. So you have to concentrate on maybe on the first person, and your brain inherently suppresses the interference from the second person. So, in this situation, your brain is not a MIMO device since you can only pick up one conversation. So now a MIMO-capable human would be able to isolate both data streams simultaneously. Okay, but what allows a MIMO device to do what our brains can't? For that, we're going to ditch the party, head into nature, and talk about something called beamforming. We're now in the middle of a forest. There's birds in the background, water flowing. You're standing at the edge of a pond. You have one stone in each hand, and you drop them into the water, one at a time. The ripples from each stone spread across the pond. In some places, these waves meet, and they get larger. In other places, the opposite happens. They cancel each other out. You notice this same phenomenon also exists with radio signals. They ripple across space and interact with each other. So, if you put two antennas together and feed them both power, you can make the output a lot more powerful in certain areas. Just like the ripples in a pond, the signal would be amplified. And uh, this process is basically called beamforming because the regions where we, for example, have these amplified wave peaks, they spread out like rays or beams from the center of the antennas. So, when we say MIMO, we're actually talking about a device that uses a sophisticated version of beamforming to send and receive different signals. 
there's a handful of MIMO configurations you can do this with. But the bottom line is, this is how you create networks that can reliably serve dozens, if not hundreds, of people simultaneously. Although, that being said, even MIMO's got its limits. The uh, problem with this, uh, might use a MIMO systems, for example, as we have them in a 4G network, is that the base station typically had uh, eight or four antennas only, which limited the number of streams that it could radiate simultaneously. Even with more antennas, the network could slow down if there's too many users. Then there's the issue of interference. A MIMO base station might not have the information it needs to ignore outside signals. And those short comments, they motivated Thomas Mazetta, another Bellops researcher in 2010, who made the proposal for a massive MIMO system, which contains basically three ingredients. Massive MIMO is, as you can imagine, larger than regular old MIMO. So first off, you have at least 10 times as many antennas. This leads to better beamforming. Second, these systems can better overcome interference. Now you're able to send and receive even more signals on the same frequency. This is a big deal, since technology is increasingly becoming wireless, which means the pool of available channels is shrinking. Marcus puts it another way. So can we think about Massive MIMO as being designer beamforming? Massive MIMO uh, creates beams that uh, can shoot around a corner. This would be the simplest picture, I would say. The benefit of this development is huge. The first point, we increase the signal strength throughout the entire cell area. The second uh, benefit is that we will have a much more stable network performance, especially in crowded situations. An example of the latter would be, say, in the middle of a stadium during a football or soccer game. And you basically want to send the picture, you want to upload the picture, then basically you maybe have already realized that uh, the channel becomes extremely weak and it takes minutes to upload your picture. But with Massive MIMO, you won't have uh, such congestion effects in a network anymore because uh, the base station is able to serve yeah, hundreds of users ideally simultaneously. There's a couple other benefits besides speed and reliability. Massive MIMO is more efficient, which means we're less exposed to radio waves. So in an immersive radio environment, the network can sharply focus the signal exactly at the point where it is needed. Doing so, it can reduce the overall radiated power and without any performance penalty. Speaking of performance, your device also gets better battery life with Massive MIMO since it doesn't have to spend as much energy looking for a signal. Those are the aspects that you uh, could observe from a uh, communication perspective. However, there are also some um, use cases that one can envision uh, that go beyond the communication. So one example would be, for example, sensing the environment. One of the most exciting possibilities of massive MIMO actually has to do with health data. Our networks may one day be able to tell whether we're conscious or breathing. It's mind-boggling to think we could get this info from invisible radio waves. But, as Stefan discusses with Marcus, Bell Labs could make this breakthrough happen in the next decade. It can um, 
identify, for example, if you're standing or if you're lying on the floor. This will be a new capability that we achieve with uh, Massive MIMO. So in some ways, Stefan, if I send you a signal and you send that signal back to me, I can work out mathematically where you are, but not just where, but whether you're standing or sitting. And I think even in some cases, whether your heart is beating or not beating, is that possible in future? I think it's a challenging idea right now. Um, the network, is uh, it must be extremely sensitive uh, in order to detect those, uh, for example, yeah, the heartbeats, which are just a small uh, movement inside your body. But it is possible, and I won't exclude it. Maybe in the future, massive MIMO could help us manage the health of older relatives. Say a grandparent gets hurt when they're home alone. With an advanced form of massive MIMO, you'd find out instantly, even if they can't press any buttons themselves. So massive MIMO and these MIMO techniques are not just about data. They're about uh, human connectivity and vitality. Yes. So all these complex wireless technologies help us get the most out of our phones, computers, and possibly in the future, our health. But of course, that last idea is still a long way off. In the short term, Antenna prices need to come down in order to make massive MIMO more feasible in the market. And cell towers are already jam-packed with 3G and 4G installations. So adding more hardware? It's a challenge. All those problems uh, that are mentioned, we have to solve those because, again, they are just of technical nature. Uh, there's no physical uh, limit uh, behind them. Uh, so we can overcome those. So it sounds like this excites you. Yeah, of course. I mean, um, this is uh, what research uh, does. I mean, we are constantly looking for uh, new problems, new challenges. Uh, otherwise, we would have no work anymore. Stefan has some ideas on how we could make this transition into massive MIMO. We could design more efficient antennas to help with hardware costs. We could even rethink the whole concept of a cell tower. Imagine outfitting street signs and buildings with hidden antennas expanding the very idea of what networks are and can accomplish. Here's Max again. It sounds like we're at another tipping point where we are starting to develop a technology that maybe is going to transform the way that we communicate. Not only communicate, but as you said, it's now the task of uh, research uh, facilities like Bellabs to come up with new use cases, to sort them out bring them to a certain degree of maturity and, yeah, eventually uh, change the world. For more information on today's topics, please check out our show notes. And if you like this episode of Future Human, consider subscribing wherever you listen. Also, feel free to leave a review at Apple Podcasts so new listeners can find the show. Future Human is a production of Nokia Bell Labs. This episode was executive produced and narrated by me, Sandy Smallens, for Audiation. Our producer and writer is Max Wasserman. The show was recorded and mixed at Audiation Studios at The Loft in Bronxville, New York, by Matt Noble, who also composed the theme music with me.
Audiation.